Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, time to break down some NFL football. Damn, I'm getting an echo. How are you doing? Didn't forget to uh, didn't forget to mute. He was so diligently working on the Bears stuff. No, that's uh, <laughs> every once in a while. It's the preseason. It is. It is our. We're we're not even into mandatory camp. Drew and I skipped mandatory uh, veteran minicamp. We are holding out for trades. I don't know, but either way, it is just kind of jumping right into these. Like I've I have a major golf tournament this week. I haven't seen you tweet in like two days. I feel like you've been busy. Like we were just, you know, you, you had, you couldn't, we couldn't even do this yesterday because you had conflicts. Like it is a busy week for both of us. And we're just kind of jumping in, but it's two teams that might suck. And I'm still kind of pretty excited to talk about both of them because I have strong takes. And I think there's some things to be said about both teams. Maybe not even this year, but into the future. I think we had a strong, uh, agreement that we didn't fully understand what the Lions were doing, but we didn't hate it. Where he said, like, there's teams that have rebuilt in much shittier ways. Like, they're <laughs> ripping Band-Aids off and just going for it. So didn't uh, didn't hate what we saw from the Lions last year. And we are going to start with the Detroit Lions. I don't know. Did you have anything overarching to say before we just jump into a team? Ooh. Boy. That's a loaded question. <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts about football. I've been thinking a lot more about football. Oh God, yes. Um, and so, yeah. No, I think uh, I think this one today is. You know, we're starting with the NFC North here. We're doing the bottom half, uh, at least in terms of projected finish order, which includes both the uh, Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. We're going to start with the Lions, and uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, you know, we're looking at two teams here today that are trending in the opposite direction, and. The Detroit Lions may not have the pieces in place to be a playoff team this year, um, but they have, I agree with you, they have done enough. They have invested intelligently, I think, in terms of how they've deployed their draft capital the last two seasons to put a bunch of young, really good players on the field for this team. And depending on you know what they get out of their quarterback play uh, and depending on the, um, the increased, um, uh, you know, experience and belief that Dan Campbell is getting out of these guys. Yeah, you know, your your ceiling for the Lions is, is pretty damn high, I think. You want to um, hear my my hope for this team? Yeah, go go ahead. I'm cheering against this team this year <laughs> in order to cheer for this team like long term. And again, yes, I'm from Minnesota. I used to have some light Vikings fandom that I've been cured of for mostly just betting too much football, but I really, really don't want to see them win like nine games. They're not going to be good enough to, you know, do something like they don't have the playmakers. I don't believe to do something like we saw in Cincinnati and take a massive leap that, you know, there are surprise teams every year, but Cincinnati was a probably a once in a decade kind of thing. And maybe once in every couple decades, it's been a while, maybe since the, the greatest show on turf that we saw a team just come out of complete left field and really, really overachieve. But, I don't want to see them do that because I want them to get their quarterback. Like that's their basic, like you said, their draft capital was used in a really nice way where they have three high picks on that offensive line. 
it could turn out to be a good offensive line. They have a really, they essentially may end up having the best defensive player and the best wide receiver in the draft long term. With like yeah. the ceiling for both of those guys is to be the best receiver out of this draft class and the best defensive, at least defensive lineman out of this draft class. So they have, you know, as we get to the Bears and we talk about how their draft capital is expended, a lot different look, but uh, if their offensive line plays better, it might, you know, you might not matter if you still have Goff as your quarterback and the the secondary still sucks. So I guess my hope is Goff plays good enough to make some of these offensive players look good and it's fun but he makes enough mistakes where they lose games. And yeah, if the secondary stinks, they're going to be susceptible to getting backdoored and, you know, losing close games again as teams are able to pass on them late in the game. And yeah, I hope they win like two games and get a quarterback. Cause then all of a sudden imagine that if uh, Williams pans out, they get a stud rookie, they have a good offensive line. Like you're not talking about, Oh man, the lions might make the playoffs win a game for the first time since 91. It's like, Lions are going to compete with the Packers next year. Is you know kind of where they're at if this rookie quarterback hits. So it's it's it is an exciting rebuild. That's where I'm at. Okay, so God damn, there's a lot to unpack. Um, yeah, there, I get so I, much. No, I get I get I get why you you're you're you you would have that take, and that should like if there if there was a practical Lions fan on Earth, that would be their opinion as well. Um, the solution is not in-house long-term with Jared Goff. And if you don't have your, you know, if you don't have the quarterback position solved in the NFL, then your ceiling is mediocrity. The problem is it's been so long since the Lions can point to a team that achieved mediocrity that I feel like that's a win for them. (laughs) Oh yeah. If you're the the management, if you're the fans, like, yeah, going like 10 and seven, nine and eight, making the playoffs, yeah. the, you know, getting that last wild card spot. They have yeah. not, they have the longest uh, playoff win drought in the league now. ninety one, yeah. so, buddy. We were seven. Oh my God. So you were, oh God. You were older it was against the Washington at the time Redskins. I remember they lost in the second round of the playoffs that year. The Redskins yeah. went on to win the Super Bowl. Um, okay. So God damn. I feel like the lions as a franchise and the bears as a franchise are the Lions might be in like at this similar stage to where the Bears were going into year one of the Trubisky experiment experience. Okay. So the Bears at that time, really strong in the trenches. Defense that just was playing their ass off. They were playing mm-hmm. well for Nagy and they were expected to come in and get fourth and win four games. And instead they win the NFC North and shock the world. And then that put the onus on the, you know, on the front office and the head coach to do it all do it again right or do, do, do we take the next step take the next progression but so much of their success was predicated on week schedule and just getting above average play out of a couple of positions that was not repeatable that the bears never were really able to recapture that and then you had a you know front office and head coach that were increasingly under pressure that couldn't deliver because they never solved the quarterback position. And the Lions may find themselves at stage one of this now based on how talented and young this roster is. And the quarterback position still being a question mark is the only thing that's really preventing me from being like, this is your obvious, no doubt, sleeper NFC team in an otherwise very weak division. That's part two of my argument. It goes, (laughs) it harkens back to the, and this never came true, but we were worried about it last year. 
was it could turn into a spot where um, they start to believe in Jared Goff. Like we worried about this with Sam oh, yeah. Darnold. We said, They're already we said, saying that. Type said, stuff. Yeah, no, no. Said, <laughs> what, what if Sam Darnold turns out to be okay? And, yeah. you know, they decide this is a good long-term prospect. Like you're never going to reach high heights with that kind of quarterback. So another, you know, another reason is if they do end up like nine and eight, 10 and seven, get the wild card, the final wild card, they, they celebrate having a, you know, going, going to freaking. I'm not sure, you know, heading to Tampa Bay for round one of the playoffs and getting the shit kicked out of them. And it would be fun. It'd be fun for that fan base. It's been six years, I think, since they've been to the playoffs. And yeah. again, but then it turns into like, can we take the next step with Jared Goff now? Hey, we have like the 15th pick. Maybe we get another safety or, you know, some a linebacker, another defensive piece. We can roll it out with Goff because there's not going to be any good quarterbacks available there and we're not trading up. So yeah I, I don't love that but i mean just thoughts on 2021 like it kind of it, it kind of hashed out the way i'm talking about 2022 like they lost 2021 they lost like, three oh, games yeah. on the final play that's perfect for a uh, granted exactly. they didn't do everything they could to tank but it helped them get a number two draft spot they were a covering machine they got all their young guys lots of reps they made the fans happy because they weren't watching a product they were embarrassed by. They were watching something that they can be hopeful about for the future. So 2021 for a team that went three 13 and one, that was like the absolute most ideal possible set of outcomes. You could have, you could have dreamed. I mean, maybe yeah. you wanted to you know beat the Vikings twice. So you could have puffed your chest out about the, uh, uh, you know, the in division. Right. But they ended up having, they were in the second overall. They got the second overall pick, which they ended up getting a windfall, getting a local guy coming to them. Um, it was unfortunate for them that this wasn't a quarterback rich draft because I agree with you. Like, this was probably their shot to yeah. address the quarterback position. And it was just, it was a bad, bad year to have the number two pick, frankly. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I think this year for the lions is going to be cautious optimism. And then we're probably talking about a little bit of purgatory for them for a while. But I think for a team and a fan base, that's been suffering as much as the lions have a little bit of purgatory. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> a little bit of where are we a playoff team? Maybe like that's yeah. exciting. You, um, you mentioned the rookies so. too. I, I read that. I don't know who to, it was, I, I read a lot of like beat reporter stuff this week, just like trying to, cause you can't answer some of these questions. Like one of the questions was like, who the fuck is calling plays? And the answer is, we don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't know that yet. They, they're, they said, I mean, honestly, it says like, they're going to decide that probably this, this summer. So um, yeah, the 20, you know, the 2021 season, like you said, it was a spot where, we saw, I, the, the, again, I, I'm trying to go back to my original point and then I forgot it. Oh, they had the most snaps by uh, rookies out of anyone in the league. Like, that's, yeah. that's I don't know. You can look at that and be like, oh, is that good? It's good if you're rebuilding because it's one of those things where, you know, and we're going to talk about this with Fields when we get to the Bears. It is, hey, it's, it's better to know. And it's stunk that, uh, you know, Akuda has been injured and, kind of has underwhelmed but you've got another rookie that you know that might turn into a decent piece if it turns out he's not just slow if he can kind of adapt so they have a crazy young core that is just again we saw it last year probably short of a quarterback and a little bit of experience but the guys you know like what we saw last year from the Lions was like 
shit, they're playing hard. Like they're not good at tanking. They're trying to God, win these yeah. games. This is this is wild. Like I, it's you know, you can't just say, hey, we're gonna go out there and lose, but you can you can make that sort of thing happen. And they played hard. You know, they they essentially beat a couple playoff teams late. Granted, the Packers were playing Jordan Love in the second half of Week 18, but they put up a shitload of points that week on a on a decent playoff team. I mean, a team that made it. Yeah. I think they the Packers were out in the second round, weren't they? I'm trying to remember now. It was nine. They were after a Niners, bye. They got zero. They had the Packers won zero. Zero playoff, playoff wins. But, yeah, it was it was yeah. Niners Rams in the NFC Championship game. So sure yeah, the the Lions and the Lions. If you go back and look back, and it's tough this time of year, and you're going to see a million different ways that analysts and previews do this, but it's tough to actually tell if you have a uh, a tough schedule or not. Because you, sure. you can do your best guessing, but you, after the season, you know. <laughs> and they had yeah, like yeah. a top five hardest schedule. And yeah. right now, it is, again, it's hard to guess, but it's looking like a much, much easier schedule. So I feel that uh, my fears will be realized and they will be a middle of the pack team. But again, yeah. they are, they're hot in the streets on Twitter. I mean, it's everybody's favorite coach of the year play, everybody's favorite to make the playoffs and all sorts of long shots. You're seeing a lot. It's not, it used to just be Knish doing this every year. Like he'd show one ticket and we'd all have a good laugh and it was a great bit. And now the whole world has Detroit tickets. Yeah. And I think that, but that, but that's like by pro you end up on, if you're at, in any way, <laughs> if you're anyway, evaluating rosters, if you're evaluating uh team strength and you're looking for a dark horse in the NFC, I don't know that you, can really make a case for any other team that's not expected to do well uh to all of a sudden like to have all the pieces in place where it might work out like that's the lines this year um and you're right there 2021 season we're joking we're not even really joking like that was as good as it could have gone for them they won three games they got you know they played their asses off every single time they went out there they only no showed three times they got blanked by the Eagles, but that was a game where I thought the Eagles came out with, came in with an absolutely perfect approach. Um, they no showed against the, uh, the Broncos on the road, but that was a, you know, December road game at altitude and they no showed against the Seahawks and what ended up being, I believe Russell Wilson's final home game in Seattle. So like I'd kind of give them a pass on those no shows. Otherwise they tried their asses off. They made life miserable for the Vikings twice beating them once. Um, and, uh, yeah, a number of those other games could that were coin flips could have gone their way, in which case they wouldn't have had the second overall pick. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, 2021 when the coin flips go against you. That's, that's beautiful for this sort of thing. Like, do you remember yeah. the Justin Tucker kick? <laughs> yeah. It was ludicrous, insane. ludicrous to lose. Absolutely that insane. And they, Absolutely you're right. They, sh they should have swept the Vikings. The yep. Viking, they, they, I believe it was the. They could have kicked for the tie against Minnesota, and he did the thing where, hey, we suck, and we're just going to go for two in the win. And yeah. then they got it, which is yeah. not ideal again for the tank. But Minnesota had like 40 seconds left and went down and kicked a field goal, I believe, and they lost that one in the, the final yeah. play. Of the I think they had three – I'll just call them buzzer beaters, I guess, for lack of a better term. But I think they had three of those, which is three just beautiful. And yeah, yeah it, was, it was a hard-playing team. And again, going into the season, hopeful – because we saw the rookies play a lot. We saw some good things from some places. They got a super high-end defensive player, and they're probably going to be better on offense. Like, this offense is going to take a step forward 
hopefully, I don't know. I'm again, the, uh, Jamison Williams. I don't know. What did you read on that as far as availability? Late October, middle, middle of the year, kind of is kind of where we're yeah. all landing on that. Second half of the schedule, they'll have him. I, I would be my guess. I, I would yeah. guess you're going to see him inserted into the lineup. Maybe the Green Bay game, Week Nine. Uh, that's kind of the right feel for me. Um, but I don't know that that really moves the needle for them one way or the other this year. I mean, like that, like if the offense is already doing well by that point, and you throw him into the mix, and then that's bonus. Like if you get anything out of Williams this year, that's a bonus. Uh, I think you're expecting your offense to build a little bit on what was an offense that at times showed some promise last year, really. Um, and I think a couple of general thoughts on the organizational structure. It seems like they have a pretty um, analytically minded front office, which is exciting. It seems like they made in it and, and Dan Campbell. It looks like they hit on him as far as a long-term answer at the coaching position. Um and yes, does he, he doesn't have everything. He doesn't check every box you want checked as a head coach in the National Football League. But uh, is he kind of a modern day representation of Pete Carroll where he gets his guys fired the fuck up and running out there with their hair on fire every Sunday? Like, absolutely. Like the, that, that is a quality that's valuable as far as a head coach goes. And he's not resistant to the go for two uh you know go for it on fourth down type of mentality like he gets the stakes and the high leverage moments of the games he got it in his gut he didn't you know he probably was getting the information from the team you know the analytics team that was telling him what the right thing to do was but you know i think in a lot of cases he kind of knew it already when there were high leverage moments and they needed to win or you know they were going to win or lose the game based on that so i think in general i'm fine kind of saying that they have the right front office in play, the right coach at play to um, surprise to the upside this season in particular. And the I think overall you needed to be a little bit aggressive betting this team if you were going to bet them in the win total market because they checked kind of the key box that all these teams always take money early in the cycle, which is that their Pythag win said that they underachieved by multiple by multiple wins. Right. Like that is that is a tale as old as time. You want to give me numbers early in the early in the process, win total numbers and ask me to predict which one is going to take steam to the good. The team that finished with few wins that had a Pythag that said it should have been three or four higher always, always takes money to the over. And like clockwork, that was the Lions this year. So, yeah, and th- th- you're, I mean, you're right, that happens. And it, it's one of those two where if you ask me, like, name me a team that had underperformed their Pythag, like, if, first and foremost, because we talked about it four times already. Like, they lost a bunch of games late, they lost a bunch of close games. Like, their scoring differential wasn't great if you look at it from the 10,000 foot you know, point of view because they got the shit blown out of them by Seattle. And uh, what was it? Yeah, the Denver game was pretty rough too. I'm looking here. Oh, it is the Bengals. The Bengals game early on too. Oh, that the was, Bengals that game was, was bad. Yeah, that was bad. pretty rough too for a home game. But that's right when like the Bengals were starting to get their feet, and everyone's like, oh, Bengals are doing a thing here. But and they did start the season 0-10 and one before heading uh, heading home. Or it was the second leg of a home stand there against Minnesota. They got that win, but not much of uh, a better start if you did have that under. I think their season win total last year was six and a half. That's so what at, I got too. Yeah, 10, oh, 10 and one 
you uh you had it you had it you had it yeah you had it home in the minimum amount of games which is uh tricky to do but it was nice for those and then i guess the the last thing i wanted to touch on from 2021 was and we do mention this a lot with young quarterbacks or you know free agent quarterbacks new faces new places where it's a get them out there figure out what you have and get rid of him or you know build around him you have to know what you have and you have to be willing to make a decision a non-decision is again like i don't know i was just reading about something like this people people think a non-decision is you know not as bad as making a decision sometimes even when the the consequences of the non-decision are worse it's a silly little cognitive bias we all have but a lot of teams i feel like oh i don't want to be the guy that got rid of this quarterback you want to be the guy who kept him and watched the team you know shit down the tanker just again we'll, we'll, a lot of stuff we're getting ready for the bears talk here but it's it's something that you don't see as often maybe with coaches although you do have the scapegoat thing where you fire them but i was happy when they got rid of anthony lynn i don't i don't think he's a bad coach i don't think he was a good fit i don't think he it just wasn't jiving with him and campbell and and then i don't really think we can take the splits and say like here's what I think of Campbell as a play caller, but he did take over play calling the second half of the season. And that's where we ended up with our, that's where we ended up with our new offensive coordinator as well. He kind of took a step forward. I don't think he did any play calling per se, but he was a big part of the, 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 whatever, you know, the game planning and whatnot. So they still, and like I said, they still don't know and won't say, if it's going to be, it's Ben Johnson. That's his name, by the way. Ben Johnson. Ben or Dan Johnson. Campbell. Yeah. We, we not do not know. Yeah. Not the Canadian doper, but. Uh, <laughs> I think all the sprinters back then were. Yeah, they all gets, did. No, the no offense, Ben. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we don't know who's calling plays. So that's an interesting wrinkle. But I always love seeing a new offensive coordinator in the league. I like seeing what uh, what they're going to do. Oh, that sure. And like full of full of full of ideas. Yeah, here's here's the uh, here's the positive. I I I did like the move. I wasn't in love with some of the concepts that Anthony Lynn was running, and I did I do think that um, you have now set yourself up well for a homegrown set of skill position players who are all going to take that next step, who are all looking to get paid, who are all looking to you know kind of make their name, and they're moderately good honestly. And you have Jared Goff, who's a quarterback with some experience. He's got some tricks up his sleeve. He's got tiny hands, but when he's well protected, he can do a really decent job of operating the quarterback position. And now he's behind. Would you say this is clearly a top 10 offensive line in the, uh, in the NFL? I think their ceiling is top five. I mean, their ceiling might be top one. <laughs> just, I, mean, if it, <laughs> I think greatly that's, a, over, that's, that's, that's a expecting a lot out of Penny Sewell. Yeah, think, it's but, it's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of young guys, but their ceiling, if you keep this group together, is top one. But yeah, this year, top five, top ten. That's definitely. I think top ten is where you put them, and their ceiling is higher than that. So, okay, you have that. You had a lot of nice reps out of uh, some young receivers. Yeah. You've got a good offensive line. You've got a quarterback that can play indoors at least, and you're an indoor team, so that's okay. We'll get to yep. the, his tiny hands when we get to the schedule a little bit. But yeah, um, what's so? Let me ask you to rate, rate the, who they have going out there week one uh, in terms of pass catching options between DeAndre Swift as your running back, T.J. Hawkinson as your tight end, and then 
St. Brown, Reynolds, and Chark. Weak wide receiver group, but not the worst in the NFL by far. Good tight end and uh-huh. running back pass catching ability. So you're talking about at least league average in terms of skill position players in the passing game, right? Yeah, if you take, again, the offense as a whole, if you can keep Goff protected and indoors, he's above average. Your offensive yeah. line is definitely above average. You're you're running back at least from a receiving standpoint, which is a big part of the, you know the whole the whole group of all the groups is is definitely there for you. And yeah, Shark Shark was a nice addition, and they have uh, Cephas. And then uh, I don't really I don't know how much I know about Josh Reynolds. I guess I'm gonna have to learn a little more yeah, about fine, him. But, fine yeah. player. Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown. I think is going to continue to be. He showed. Yeah, he, he showed was flashes he as was... a sick, sick slot. Honestly, he was like he was very probably good. if he finishes outside the top ten of slot guys at the end of the season, I'll be surprised. Like I, that seems like he he's gonna be in that ballpark. Um, yeah. Great, just in general, great, uh, great energy around St. Brown. Uh, and then, yeah, if, if the Jameson pick pans out, he can pop back. I mean, again. Yeah, if you add him his, to the mix, his, yeah. His yeah. ceiling is the best receiver in this class. And before the injury, I think he was probably lauded as the best receiver in this class. There, There's no probably. He was. Like, I think if you go back and look at mock drafts that were made before the national championship game, which some of you sickos are doing. Um, he was, he was yeah, the number top one res- on everyone. Yeah, he, yeah. he was the top receiver on the board. And I think I saw him number it, one they, overall on some. Yeah, they probably got time, themselves yeah. a steal because, again, you don't need him to give you 18. Uh, I'm assuming a playoff game, 18 games this year, 18 weeks. You're not looking to, you know, make this into a playoff contender. If it happens, it happens. But getting that as a bit of a steal, having Hutchinson drop into your lap. Like uh, like you said, yeah. you compared it. You compared it to that Bears team. Like they're going to be good in the trenches, and yeah. they have enough enough skill position players catching the ball. That yeah, I love Hawkinson. It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a fun little team. They're gonna be uh, word I use a little bit too much. Squirrely, frisky, squirrely, frisky, oh, squirrely. They're gonna ah. yeah. They're, I mean, I think they're just gonna be like the pain in the ass team to play. Like, why yeah. is this team good? Yeah, I think I mean I mean decent. This looks like a this looks like a decent red zone team. This looks like a team that you know you're not. I, you know, Goff is not gonna make the as many bad. You know, like people think of him as a specific, you know, quality quarterback. Like he he never gonna break into a top tier in people's minds just because of just a handful of limitations he has. Um, but he's not a guy that's out there like taking points off the board with back-breaking turnovers a la Carson Wentz, right? Like there's almost certainly if there is a limitation, it's, you know, he's not going to take as many chances. He's not going to throw as many game-breaking plays, but, you know, to the degree you even have guys you want to be trying to do that with anyway, uh, I don't think that's a big deal. And again, we go back to the the, you know, the degree that they're going to be able to offer him pass protection and a healthy unit here throughout the regular season on offense, I think this is a, a top half of the league offense. And I think that's not even really a question when, you know, when the dust settles, you know, considering how some thin some other teams are and what, you know, what, you know, injuries could do to the fabric of the league this year. So defense is a different story because it's pretty lopsided. Yeah. Most of the, most of the players. Most of the talent is turnover. close to the ball. 
Yeah, most of the talent is close to the ball, and most of the turnover from last year's depth chart to this year's was the kind of letting the Matt Patricia guys walk. The Trey Flowers and Jamie Collins of the world. The Austin Bryants, the Jalen Reeves Mabin, the uh, Dean Marlowe. Like these, the, you know, those guys were all guys that the Patricia regime felt like need, they, they wanted them there. Bobby Price, Nicholas Williams, same, same story. Um, so there's an enormous amount of turnover on the defense and all of that they've really invested in in terms of bringing folks in. Mike Hughes. <laughs> Mike Hughes. And and then the draft. And the draft had some hits. We think Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson could be an immediate contributor considering his pedigree. Um, we've we've talked about that the in same the past, time, considering his position. You know, Drew, yeah. you you brought that up. I think it was a I don't know if it was on a show with somebody, but maybe Dr. E. We we spoke about that. It's really, really hard for defensive players to come in and make an a you know make an impact immediately you need to be a freak situation and be used right like we saw in dallas but the the exception to that rule is like a pure pass rusher where you're not reactive like some of these other positions it's so hard for a corner hey guess what you're matched up against a a guy who had 100 catches for 1500 last year he's (laughs) he's a he's a full-grown man and you have to do this but like you know some of these pass rushers is just like you know go go get the quarterback buddy here's uh here's a scheme and you do see immediate impacts from pass rushers. And if that's the case, yeah, like you said, <laughs> lopsided was a hell of a term for it. <laughs> yeah. I, cause, cause, like, not only is there starting, I guess they're going to run a three, four. Is that what you're getting? Is that your guess? You're going to see a lot of three, four out of these guys. I think it's, it should be similar to last year. Okay. Like it was, well, whatever uh, the case we're, is. We're keeping, yeah, it's, it's no turnover on the defensive coordinator, still Aaron Glenn. And okay, whatever the case is, I think they're gonna similar last year. I think they're gonna run a lot of light stuff. I think they're gonna have a lot of nickel, they're gonna have a lot of cornerbacks on the field, and that's not because they have a wealth of talent there, it's because they're gonna need a lot of those guys out there, kind of trying to hope to cover cover up the holes. The they kind of the first two waves of the defensive line are are like solid, like like bona fide players, frankly. Um, and so you're going to be able to kind of do a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a, a Washington football team from a couple of years ago, a Niners kind of a deal where, you know, you can really bring wave after wave of pass rush and really make it miserable for your opponents if you're going up against a team with a weak offensive line. Um, but then you're going to get cooked on the back end sometimes, maybe often. Um, so I think a lot of the fabric of this game is, is you know, like I guess <clears throat> as good as I feel about the, lions if the market really kind of lauds you know you know gloms onto them after the first four weeks of the season and they're power rated as an above average team am i ever going to lay points with this team probably not um and it's mostly just because i feel like the defense and the secondary in particular is just it's asking for it they're asking for it and you know a guy like uh okuda could take a huge leap after all the years he's spent now trying to learn how to play quarterback position. Um, and I don't know, is there a year three thing for top tier cornerbacks? Now, now in year two like, is, is a that... blown out foot. Like it, he didn't yeah, get, right. He just know, didn't like, get like, enough the, reps, right? He was slow. Year one, he was slow. Year two, he was even slower because his Achilles was detached from itself. And 
Like, I, I don't expect a big leap. That's where I am. I'm on the same page as you. Like, I really do think the, the pass rush is going to be decent and the secondary is going to be horrid. And that's not great for winning yeah. close games. Like, pass rush is, is very important, almost as important as coverage sometimes. But if yeah. you have two safeties that are pretty rough, and then, again, something I jotted down about this, uh, another guy that they lost, Reeves Mabin. Like he wasn't a big part of the defense, but if you do go to nickel, like he played a lot of passing downs as like a decent coverage linebacker. So like everything about their coverage is going to get worse or at least stay the same amount of bad. Unless, unless, unless Akuda takes some step forward that we do not expect off of an injury and underwhelming performance in 2020. So even it's, if that happens, you know what you do? Yeah. You throw you throw away from him. <laughs> yeah, there's other guys out there that it's like, well, this guy's not good either. And hey, their safeties are giving up huge gobs even in the run game sometimes. So yeah, it's going to be a weak secondary. And like it's not like we're picking on this team. They're still in a rebuild. I've said a lot of nice things, but this is definitely I'd say if you had to pick a weakness on both sides of the field, it'd be the secondary and the the Jared Goff. Yeah, in a difficult road environment, Jared Goff's not winning you that game. If you need a score in the fourth quarter, he's not. Oh, if if you're and a, a diff- if, and if, if you're going up against game at home, if, yeah, if you're going flip, maybe yeah, I love him. If it, if you're going up against an elite quarterback, this D is getting cooked. Um, yeah. Which means that a lot of their success this year is going to depend on their schedule of opposing quarterbacks. <laughs> so let's uh, let's keep moving on um, because. It is, uh... It's not the, so, so you mentioned it's an easy schedule, but again, the schedule metrics are based on certain things. And sometimes it's not always, you know, again, the perfect matchups like, Hey, this team isn't very good, but if you're facing a bunch of decent quarterbacks or decent passing, you know, units, you might end up in some trouble. And, you know, just right off the bat, Minnesota I don't think anyone's going to get like excited about Kirk Cousins, but it's a good enough passing offense. And, you know, same thing with Green Bay. Same thing with obviously Buffalo. We're, I, I don't know what we're getting from Miami, but they have a, you know, a high end. Still, there it's with, not very many, man. It's, it's, There's it's not like, very many good that, quarterbacks that's the thing. on so, this list. Well, I, I have it like half and half. Like, okay. as far as good pass rushing, pass passing offenses you're facing because it, and it's like there's nothing in between it's either you're facing you know hey Aaron Rodgers is coming to town or hey we have to cover Jer- Jefferson or you know Dallas even down a receiver that's a good one but then yeah from there yeah. it's it's like well if you take all the good ones and then you go to the next there's no like middle of the pack right. Seattle right Seattle right now if mm, again it could be somebody that. else but it could be it could be Drew Locke wins Again, we're yep. we're high on Philly, but it's still an untested Jalen Hurts that we're not super oh, God, scared yeah. of at home. Like New York, we're not scared of either New York quarterback right now. Carolina nope. is a competition between Mayfield and Darnold. What's, what's going on there? And then twice against the Bears. So it's like you have, let's call it 60-40 easy quarterbacks. I would even 50, go 50, further 50, because... Aggressive. Yeah, even I would go even further because the handful of quote unquote good quarterbacks who you might be scared about on this list, they're not behind especially great offensive lines. 
like that that's i Minnesota, think a, a, that's, a, that's a that's a big factor right like like even last year detroit defended minnesota fairly well yes that's true like this year should be even better uh you know with the you know added added element of pass rush so um no i think i i guess i guess i i look at this schedule and i'm like my god if they if this like like if there's one team that actually has a defense that's average or bad by the end of the season, we're like kind of tricked into thinking they're maybe they're good. Like this schedule is exactly the schedule that gets you there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what and I mean? The, the, like this the only, is the one that fools yeah. you. The only thing I will say too is, and again, it's not all backloaded, but again, we mentioned two main weaknesses being the secondary, which is going to come into play when again they play Green Bay, they play Buffalo, even even again down to Minnesota or um, what was the other one I mentioned? Dallas, Miami, some of those. Your other second, your second weakness was Jared Goff and Jared Goff and his tiny hands. And you see all those snowflakes. If you're watching oh, this no. on YouTube, I know, I know. We're, like, we're like that's not, we're, yeah, we're there might be an eject button where it's like, Hey, they should win. The bears aren't very good. And then they go to soldier's field and Goff is just atrocious. And then, <laughs> and then he's been, yeah. he's been beat up. And I'm, I'm not saying that that yeah. pass rush is going to be great, but he's been beat up by just his psyche. And then they go and play Chicago on the road again, which is yeah. rough. And if they lose that game, that's not a soft landing. <laughs> you get no. Buffalo at home. That sucks. And then again, yeah. uh, another back-to-back at the Jets and Carolina later in the season, and then closing it out with, you know, at Green Bay, your only hope there is that Green Bay is a similar situation to what we saw last year where Jordan Love is playing a chunk of that game. So it's it's not the softest landing at the end. And again, if if Minnesota performs well on offense and gets things together in the line, that's a tough out. But you do have, you know, you do have Jacksonville, you do have Chicago at home. There's some wins on this schedule late. Like this is this regular season win total, I think, is pretty nice. It's too low. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, uh, okay, a couple of thoughts. Um, our guy Patrick, they'll get another auto win in week 18 when the pack are resting A-Rod. I got a hot take for you. That game decides this division, in my opinion. I think that is uh, going to be a contested week 18 game for Green Bay for the first time in a long time. Um, Buffalo is the only team passing offense that is complete. That scares me on this entire list, top to bottom. That is the only... A uh, game where you are really going to be facing a high-flying, full-throttle offense that can absolutely uh, rain the points on you. And that's your Thanksgiving game. Um, but you know what? A couple of fun things about this schedule I want to point out. The week one, we get the uh, kind of the analytics darling Detroit against all of the football guys darling for the season philly yeah like the hot like those are some those are two hot hot teams and they're going head to head week one (laughs) they're going head to head week one so you'll get some you'll get some extreme chest beating and or uh like you'll get an extreme reaction from that if that's not close to the closing line right if the lions win people will be like oh man i was too low on the lines because i was high on philly and they just got beat by the lions and then if it's the other way around, if Philly like throttles them like they did last year, 44 to six or whatever, like you're going to get same old lions. And then people are who all kind of were high on Philly are just going to beat their chest. Like, see, I told you guys, Philly was this year's. I love week two. Was this team. Yeah, no. So like th- this one, if it doesn't come in close to the line is going to induce some re- 
big time reactions <laughs> in week two Which for sure. Fun. So so keep keep that in, in under your hat. Um, it's fun that the Lions do not have a rest disadvantage all season. I don't know if there's any other team that has no rest disadvantages. They get a day extra to prepare for Minnesota week three. They get a week extra to prepare for Dallas week seven, and they get three days extra to prepare for Jacksonville week 13. The Lions have a pretty average schedule in terms of travel because they're in the middle of the country and they really don't have to move much. They're playing every single game Sunday at 1 p.m. except for the Thursday game at 12 p.m. and uh, and then the Saturday game on Christmas Eve. Uh, so they have a very comfortable, like, same place, same time every week, uh, which is always a little bit helpful for a youngish team. Um, no prime time uh, except for the Thanksgiving game, I guess. Um, the, uh, and then as you mentioned, the end of the schedule, having lots of outdoor games in cold weather with the dome team and Jared Goff's tiny hands, this is set, this, this is set up, I think to, uh, be a team that you can bet against in the second half of the season in some good spots where they're going to be favored by too much. You know what I mean? Like at the Jets and at Carolina, yes. like by like at that time, those teams could be completely running out their schedule, and the Lions might be going a, in as road favorite. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I need to come up with a hot take for the Bears because we're basically agreeing with everything. Like that's my thesis on this team. I think they are an overperformer, but once you get to that stretch of you know, back-to-back outdoor games, back-to-back road games later in the year, some cold weather games, a couple games against like, you know, what if they overperform and Buffalo is struggled a little here and there and you get Buffalo at a touchdown or under a touchdown. I might lay Buffalo. Oh my God. I kind of want to take Buffalo. Okay. Here, hear me out here. I kind of want to take Detroit plus eight now (laughs) because I feel like Buffalo, like they don't really have to leave it all on film between now and Thanksgiving. If they, they kind of ought to be keeping a little bit under their, (laughs) under their hats, keeping, you know, some of their stuff in check and like they could be, not you know not in their final form when they play that thanksgiving day game and then the way the rest of the schedule looks set up to me it looks like they set the lions up for pre-thanksgiving success i mean that'd be really nice. nice that'd be nice for that game it looks like like, like hey, that this, looks like what they the set surprise lions come into town heading home yeah. to the motor city exactly exactly buffalo exactly 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 like like it and especially because, like, they got that Green Bay game where they got the rest, the travel advantage. Green Bay is that's we'll get to Green Bay, but that's kind of the meat of like a really lousy portion of the schedule for Green Bay. Uh, they get the bye before they play Dallas, so they get to prep for that game extra, an extra week. Uh, and then, yeah, like the Chicago New York Giants back to back games, like, if they're expected to be small dogs and they win those games because they're better teams, like, they're going to have a little bit of heat and momentum heading into that Buffalo match on thanksgiving and you could probably see buffalo under a touchdown which would be a fun fun middle um because i do think buffalo will uh will bring the bring the the good plays for that game (laughs) and hurt the lions a little bit um so uh i think a healthy lions team realistically gets to 10 wins with this schedule and i think the ceiling for the team itself is uh, an NFC North championship and uh, and what that may bring, although 
Um, you know, I don't have any of that in my pocket yeah. just yet. I think that for that to happen, we need external factors. It's not just, hey, the Lions are successful. Like, like you, you need, need the Green Bay Packers to trade away their best offensive weapon? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what he uh, kind of chicken salad they can make out of the chicken shit up there in North Appleton. But again, it's still it's still a better team on paper, and the quarterback matters so much. So it's yeah. I mean, you're right. The that experiment has to fall in its face. The Vikings' offensive line is as bad as advertised, and the secondary still sinks and. All of a sudden, it's yeah, it would be a three horse race, but I think 10 wins may not get you into the playoffs, but it gets you into the tiebreaker. Like, if you don't make the playoffs with sure. 10 wins in the NFC, it's because you lost a tiebreaker. And that yeah, sucks. I agree with that. But like 10, uh, 10 for sure is a look at a wild card spot, if not competing for a division, if we have some other teams step back. So, well, I'm, uh, I'm let's take a look at the odds. Let's take a look at our odds and uh, see if we can figure out what the best way to attack is. So right now, 2022, uh, 100 to one to win the Super Bowl, uh, 55 to one to win the NFC. I don't think those are crazy numbers. I was gonna say I there bet the might Orioles be at nine hundred to one. <laughs> I've I've made worse bets, but. Um... If I if I were betting it, if you made me you know take a hypothetical hundred dollars, I'd split it between the win total and the to make the playoffs because you feel like that's coming back. Okay, I, one of those is coming back. Like uh, you know, I'd, I'd I'd lay I'd lay more on the win total, just uh, you know, like a seventy thirty. Yeah, split. right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So got it. Uh, you know, guarantee yourself. That's why I did uh, today in women's soccer. I did both plus money. So I'm like, man, if I go one and one again. I'm making like seven dollars. I'm not gonna let this get to me today. So, I would. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think. I do think the the over six and a half is. That's a solid. Uh, look, yeah. Yeah, that's just a solid look. Again, if if they play okay late in the season, some of those, you know, you got to win like one or two of those late season, uh, road outdoor games for them. So. Yeah. Johnny uh, C notes that Bet Online has them eleven to one to win the division. So that. That requires our standard uh, comment. If you are betting futures, shop, shop, shop oh my around. God, shop around. The prices are not consistent from book to book. And if you are not betting the best price at this time of the season, then why are you betting at all? And yeah, there, you know, we did not pre-shop and present the best price. No, we're we're just going to grab the price. odds from Fanduel. Yeah, because that's kind of and, broad, widely available. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, do shop. There's crazy like every week with um, golf outrights. I've never placed all my golf outrights at the same book, even no, when I only make you? like four or five. Like, well, it just it's wild. Like, uh, you know, it's like a 30, 30, 30, 28, and then also yeah. somebody has a 36. Like, you're gonna see this in all of these markets for the most part. Regular season yeah. win totals are gonna be close, but again, shop for the best juice. Yeah. Um, the other important factor to kind of cons always mention when we're talking features is market timing, entry, market entry, timing your market entry is going to give you by far and away the best likelihood of capturing any kind of equity on this stuff, which means if we're betting a Lions future, are you doing it now or is there a better time during the season to 
make the play. And I can tell you with pretty solid sincerity that if you're going to get any kind of involvement with the Lions, you got to go out of the gate. I don't think you can wait. I would agree. Oh, Superbook has 14 to 1 sign collectible says if you are out in Vegas anytime soon. So that's a um, good, that's probably the best bet to be made right now, frankly. Like considering what the coach of the year odds have done, like they're, they're nuked now. You're not getting much better than 14 to 1 on coach of the year for Dan Campbell right now. And that's kind of the interesting. That's really, that's a really solid number. And you know what? There's a lot of iterations where it turns out like, Remember the crazy number you got on the Jags to win the division? Sure. Like, like that was huge. Not as good a number as Urban Meyer Firefighters coach. No, I'm glad we got that. But no, it's it's like, you know, if you want that, you probably needed it at the beginning of the year because at a point where if that number gets better, it's because the team sucks and then you don't want to place it anyway. So of course. You're, you're taking it now, banking on them to surprise, especially that first half of the season. Yeah, no, no. The and, first five and there games, are ways really, to the first this... four games. Like you can squint and convince yourself that four and zero is not outrageous. Host well, and... three of three of four at home. Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, who you went toe to toe with twice last year, and then Drew Lock and company come to town. Like four, well, then, like yeah. like talk about talk about an extended preseason. Like that well, and that's the thing too. If you're betting a division price, Drew, there were. The thing about division prices is it's not something that's not going to be up six days a week for the rest of the season. If you have a 14 to one and they come out of the gate hot and you're worried about that second half of the season, you can easily get yourself some Vikings or Packers or both. If, you know, if it's working out and you're worried about, uh, you know, losing it anyway, because that second half of the season's a little rough, like you know, if you are right, if the thesis is right, and they play well, they do well through the first half, through the Thanksgiving game, maybe, and you can certainly weasel your way out of that for sure. So, yeah, I think anything ten or ten to one or better is probably bettable. And like you said too, I think um, I mentioned hedging. You know, a, a, a division ticket like that, which. I don't ever hedge hardly. I hate doing that to begin with. It's, it's it's just in my mind. It's like I'm placing a bet knowing that either it loses or a different bet loses. So I'm calling myself a loser. And if you're getting the best of the number, hedging isn't the worst. But like you said earlier, kind of the same you know, idea is betting against this team a little later in the year. If it's, you know, the, we talk about some of these award markets, how it's such a media hype thing, like, well, this guy's going to win because the media is behind him. And, you know, it's it's going to happen. Like, this guy's just going to win rookie of the year because the media loves him. Same kind of thing with some of these teams. If the media wants to just hype up the Lions after a hot start, and, you know, the markets are going to react a little bit, and you're probably going to get some value against the Lions later in the year. So I'll be looking oh, yeah, for, for sure. I'll be looking for some bet against spots if they get a little warm. I think realistically what we're talking about is they head into that Thanksgiving Day game where people are cautiously optimistic, like, hey, the Lions are in the mix to win the NFC North. Can you believe it? And here they're hosting the Bills. Like, if they give the Bills a game there, then the market price you're going to have for fading the Lions down the stretch is going to be pretty sweet. (laughs) Like, I'm going to take a bunch of shots against them for sure. Um, But I honestly think they can get to Thanksgiving. What is that? uh, um, 10 games. That's I think they third get Thursday six, in six November. And, oh. Six and four. 
No, yeah, I just, I just want to know like how many games they would have completed at that point. Like six and four sounds reasonable to me. Seven and three, not impossible. Five, even a six five and, and four five. team, yeah. A six and yeah. four team with a six and a half game win total with that kind oh, of yeah. expectation. People are talking about this. This is a playoff team. Yeah, exactly. But, and wow. which brings us to betting strategy. And if this is a playoff team, who benefits from the glory? Who gets the glory? Because it's not Jared Goff. No, and yeah, like you just <laughs> it's not. the Campbell, the Campbell prices are kind of beat up, but if you if you believe it's still you know are you gonna bitch about hitting twenty to one? You no. Know, no, 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 no. So no. even though if you get but the worst of the number, I, think I guess well, this is this is what I wanted to ask you: um, Is twenty to one Campbell Coach of the Year better than fourteen to one NFC North? Yes. Because presumably he can get it even the if they just get the, it. If they win the division, he's getting it. I yes. think it would take it would take something wild. For him not to get it if they win the North, if he is a home, uh, well, if the Lions have a home playoff game, coming people off are going to wins, their hand yeah. is going to automatically tight, you know, right draw in Dan Campbell. Yeah, yeah, but, coming off a three three win season, winning the division gets it there for you. So, I think maybe if you do bet the division, maybe split it up with some Dan Campbell yeah. and you get. But yeah, there's probably better value not only because it's a bigger price, but like you said, let's say the Packers are just good again. You know, we don't see a big drop off in that offense. Everything clicks. They don't have injuries. Packers win 13, 14 games. And the Lions winning 10 or 11 still might get you there on coach of the year, getting into the playoffs for the first time in six, seven years, getting a playoff game, coming off a three win season. I think you still get it. So I, yeah, I think my, my main focus for the Lions betting this year is I will have a season regular season win total over. I'll probably have some make the playoff yes. If I can find a four to one or better, I'd be tickled. Is that what and your then, price is for playoff yes? You want a four to one? Yeah. And then uh, Campbell and some division futures. I won't take AFC or excuse me, NFC or Super Bowl. I make them better than twenty percent chance to win the to make the playoffs by a lot. I think twenty percent is very take the, playoffs. I mean, you take the vig out of the market, it's it's a little bit off there, but I mean it's I'm close-ish. I'm 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 happy with twenty percent or twenty percent implied on the odds. So that's what I would want to bet if I had to tie money up for that long. I need more of an edge if I'm gonna bet season long futures for sure. And Stephen Lackman says there is a four to one for playoff. Yes, so I'll probably bet that. So I don't know. Final final Lions thoughts before we just shit on Chicago for forty minutes. Restore the roar. Restore. It's the year of the cat. Let's restore the roar. Uh,